podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studio in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to the Coaching Youth Hoops Podcast. They're playing basketball. 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 Here's our hosts. Steve Collins. Steve Collins. And Bill Flitter. Bill Flitter. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to Coaching Youth Hoops. Um, today I'm going to be talking to Coach Scott about um, the Packline defense and something that he has done uh, for our Coaching Youth Hoops membership site. So, um, coachingyouthhoops.com. Go over and check it out. Um, it's the one-stop shop for basketball, youth basketball coaches, everything you need um, to take your youth basketball coaching to the next level. So go over and check that out and let's head off well, to the I, podcast. So if I had you on once before coach or once, just once? Yes, sir. One was, time. Yeah, it was one about time. over a year ago, like the uh, winter of 2021. Oh yeah, so it was when I wasn't co- did I wasn't coaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the pandemic. We were virtual, I think. Yeah, that was and our first season back. Yeah, we were. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, because last season was our first. Anyway, um, all right. So I just wanted to confirm that I couldn't remember that. Um, so let's talk. Let's talk pack line. So, w- w- what do you think the strengths and, and the weaknesses of pack line are? Well, the strengths is just keeping the ball out of the paint, keeping those easy shots, you know, like the jumpers that are in the lane or the the, the layups that are coming, you stop them before they even happen. So at, at the level that I coach at, that's where I think most of the success comes from are those paint shots. And so that's why I switched to that type of philosophy of defense, because I want to take away the, the easy shots and make shooters shoot. So and you're talking about coaching at the at the youth level. Um, yeah. So, uh, how did you come? I mean, how did how did what was the whole coming to this? And you know, obviously, you, like you said, it's hard at that level to be able to 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 do that. But you know, why? Why not a two three? Why not something else? I've always been a man guy, and just scrolling, I think through Twitter and basketball content knowledge, I said I need a philosophy to follow when it comes to my man defense. I can't just go out and tell my guys play man defense. They need to know how and why. So I I felt like once they knew why they're in a certain type of philosophy, pack line fit. And that's just what we can hang our hat on. Like, again, it was just something that I felt like, you know, you can, you can run the motion offense, you can run the dribble drive and do, you know, whatever kind of offense you want. But defense I was like I need a philosophy I need rules to follow I need something that we have rules for instead of just saying go guard your guy so for middle (laughs) schoolers I thought that that was just simple enough to follow and what do you think the hardest and what do you think the easiest thing to teach with it so definitely now it's it's I think it's sometimes hard to do but when I think the easiest part to teach them is just say apply ball pressure and the past two seasons, especially this one's coming up here, that's just what I'm trying to focus on is ball pressure, ball pressure, because I want to I want to make sure that that guy who has the ball gives it up. And and so the hardest thing, I think, are those guys staying 
disciplined in the gaps. I don't want my, you know, again, it's middle schoolers, so I don't want them going out there and denying the first pass away. But sometimes, you know, they're middle schoolers. They want to go get that steal and go get a breakaway layup. But I think that's the hardest thing to teach is to teach those guys to say discipline in the gaps instead of going into and uh, denying that first pass away. So let's go back to the the easy part, the pressure part. So you want them to give the ball up. Is there anything else that you're trying to get out of that? When I tell them to guard their yard, I say guard your space three feet to the right, three feet to the left. If you get beat beyond a yard, you got a guy in the gap to help you out. So I feel like they have confidence enough to, one, guard the ball, and then, two, if they do get beat, they have trust that there is somebody in the gap instead of somebody denying way the heck out and they don't have anybody to step up and, and help. So I feel like the the pressure that they're giving the, the ball handler over the past one to two seasons has increased because they know that, okay, if I get beat because I'm applying so much pressure, I have somebody to help me out. Right. I love guard the yard. I love that. I'm stealing that. I've heard it before, but I'm going to steal that. Um, I think it's also building trust. I think that's, I mean, I wasn't necessarily trying to get at that when I asked the question, but I think you're the, the it's hard when you initially teach this offense for that trust that I know someone's going to be behind me. <laughs> um, I, I've said that before to my players. I said, it's not a one man show here defensively. Like, yeah, it's, it's your, you're guarding the ball, but you got to know that there's four guys out there helping you out as well, doing their part, should be doing their part. Should be is the key component to that. Should be doing their part. I agree. Um, so then, so, so then the hardest part is, the, so revving them down is the hardest part is what you're saying. Cause they're going, they're trying to deny, they're trying to, do you put any twists on it where you actually do deny or go for the steals? Late game situations when maybe we're, we need the ball and we don't necessarily need to foul yet. We've been in that situation before where I just call black. I just say deny everything. We're not, we're not in the gaps. We're denying one to two passes, passes away, extreme ball pressure, but that's about it. There's, there's really no. Okay. And, and, and okay. So what, what does it help you do in the entirety as far as defenses go? Like what's this, what's the one strength of this defense? Not, not teaching wise, but what's, and what's the weakness? Cause I was like talking about the strengths and the weaknesses of something. Cause you got to know the weaknesses to be able to counter them, but what's the strongest part and what's the weakest part as a whole, as an entire defense? Cause everything strongest, has strengths and weaknesses. I think. Yeah. Strongest part I think is, is we're contesting every shot. That's, if it does happen in the paint. Um, now the weakness is we have ran into a team or two where they kick the ball out. We're still in the gap and we're closing out on a three point shot. That's where we've ran into one issue where we, we hit a, a team that was stroking it from the three point line. And we lost by three points. And that was the difference of the game right there. So those three pointers. So, but again, the, the level that I coach at the three point percentage is not the best. So that's why I switched that defense. But when you run into a team that can shoot the ball, you better be closing out and running them off that three-point line because they might have some open shots. And, and I said, guys, I'm okay with it. I, if, if they get some three-point looks, I'm okay. We got guys in the paint that are going to block, block out and get, the ref- and get the rebound. But, you know, I, I can live with teams hitting threes on us because 
we're supposed to be taking away paint shots, easy shots. If they hit some threes on us, that's my that's my fault. You guys are following exactly what I told you to do. So, is there that's any the counter? Is there any counters to that? It, it, so, the, so one of the weaknesses maybe giving up threes. How do you counter that? How do you counter it as a whole? Because you might end up with more teams that do that to you. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna make sure that that gap that you're in is a little bit closer to your guy. We're not so far away from our shooter. Um, that way, our closeout is a little bit shorter. If if he does happen to catch the ball, we're already right there. So is we're not fully denying that guy, but we'll move that gap a little bit closer to our to our off ball guy. And there's then there's some guys where we won't even be in a gap. And if I, we got a scouting report where there's a guy that's that can catch and shoot, no gap. You you stay on him. You're denying him one pass away. So we can get a little advanced scouting reports there. But you know, again, it's middle school. And we, but my guys, they they understand that stuff. Shoot, the guy can shoot the three. Don't give him space. You know, so. It's not nuclear physics. Yeah, uh, yeah it's not astrophysics. Uh, what um. So teach, teach. So I give you, I give you a practice. Well, what are you going to do to teach it to my team? So I'm going to give you 30, 90 minutes to teach yeah. it to my guys. How are you going to do that? Uh, well, we're going to, we're going to sh- uh, break it down in the parts first. And you're going to be doing a lot of closing out, whether you're one pass away, two passes away. So that's the first thing we're going to teach is uh, how to properly close out, getting that good defensive stance. When your guy catches the ball and and talking about closeouts, we got to react when the ball's in the air. We can't ha- see our guy catch the ball and then go re- and then go close out. We're we're, we're too late. So we've always got to have vision on the ball uh, when we're off the ball and when we do see that ball moving in the air. We're closing out either to the next gap or to our guy. So closeouts are a big thing. Um, and I've I've done a little bit of looking at like, all right, do we need to get specific on? Do we do we chop the feet? Do we do a stride stop? I've I've seen some some pro teams do some stride stops. I don't know if we need to get that advanced, but just getting them into a good defensive stance, ready to, uh, to defend. So we're going to start out that, and then we move on to, okay, what is the pack line? We, uh, or you go any farther with that one before you go any farther with the closeout thing too. Um, I've, I've spent like two years thinking about closeouts, you know, the whole, like, I don't know. There's different kid. Every kid's a little different with with how they can close out. You know what I'm saying? It's like if you if you go down that rabbit hole, it's gonna blow your mind away. And I don't have time to basically, you know, is it choppy steps? Is it is it run by? Is it high mm-hmm. hand? It's like all that stuff. I just tell them I don't care. You just don't let them shoot it. Like yeah, make them put it. On. I don't care what you do because some kids aren't fat. Some kids could they'd still be chopping if they and I, whatever. I'm not a this is the discussion in our staff right now about how to close out. I go, I don't care. Just close out. Like, how do you do it? And then we can give them all the different progressions of things to do, but every kid is a little bit different and what they're able to do, how long they are, how quick they are, how fast they can get there, how they anticipate, you know, low, fast twitch, slow twitch, kind of all that kind of stuff matters per kid. So I think it's so individualistic that you almost got to break the kid down. And say and and how you do that, but go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt, but that's for people that are listening. I think that's important to because you can go. It's like how to read a screen. You can go down that rabbit hole. Good luck. I, I <laughs> and I think when we talk that specific, I don't want to throw too much at these guys. They're they're 13 years old. 
they got a lot of stuff on their mind. I'm telling them one thing at a time. You got to so, simplify. Uh, You're right. You got to simplify it. I found that out very quickly. Yes, yes. Especially if you, it doesn't matter if they're seniors or 18. They still they're still thinking about the same thing they were when they were 13. To be honest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when they figure that out, then we got to um, d- determine. Okay, what is the pack line? Where are we going to be that when we're on the ball? Where are we going to be that when we're off the ball? And so we'll start off with some two on two. I call it two on two pack. So really still before you do you put the pack line on the floor yeah i tape it down with you do it's it's really simple blue t- blue t- painter's tape easy on easy off and i tell every coach that runs pack or even needs to tell, teach helpline or help side or whatever you call it um the p- painter's tape's easy because it doesn't hurt the floor and it comes up fast it's like yep. yeah yeah okay If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. Um, so we'll, we'll, uh, just really work one side, one side of the court because, because we'll start off just passing the ball and the offense is stationary. This is where you're going to be at when you're on, when you're in the gap, you must be inside this blue pack line. I mean, you can't miss it. It's blue paint, painter's tape on a, on a brown gym floor. So that's, it's really visual to these middle school kids. We, they have to be able to see it. I can't just tell them, Hey, be, be inside the pack. This is what it looks like when you're inside the pack line in this, in this type of situation. And then we'll progress three on three and, and then we'll get the shell. Um, and um, that's where we can get a little bit more live action. We can run some actions against them. Like what are we doing when the offense is screening away or what are we doing on their ball screen? But we won't get to that till, you know, a couple weeks into it. I just want them to know where am I at when I'm on the ball? That's pretty simple. I'm giving them pressure. Where am I at? When I'm off the ball, am I in the gap or am I in help? So that's uh, – I try to keep it skim- simple with middle school kids, 13 or 14 years old. Sometimes I got to tell myself, all right, I was this age. <laughs> Not – I don't think too long ago. And how uh, – and how, yeah, a lot sooner than me. How, uh, how do you um, – how much – like, so break your practice down. How much time do you spend, like, beginning of the season, during the season on – this like in yeah. relation to other things that and how many days a week do you practice we'll have two games a week on weekdays so we get three practices in a week okay um so at the beginning of the season i would say we break down our practice probably 60 defense 40 offense maybe a little bit higher 65 35 and we're just working those philosophies and those those techniques on the two on two the three on three i really like um, putting in some transition drills with that too, because we got to know we, we're sprinting back. I put that in that video. We got to be able to sprint back, stop the ball, then get to where our position is supposed to be, all while the offense is still running their stuff. So, right, that'll come a little bit later. Right. No, it's. Uh, I think that's. I think that's a. That's an important pivot too. It's like you got to remember not to give up easy baskets too. You know. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep. It doesn't matter what you're running defensively. Um, 
So how much time? Like, so give me a give me a window, like a time, like thirty minutes. How many, uh, you know how a or a percentage maybe? Yeah. So let's say we practice from three thirty to five p.m. And so we'll do. Um, I would say like the first thirty minutes of those breakdown drills, whether it be closing out. That's more at the beginning of the year, working on closeouts, two on two, three on two. So that'd be like the first thirty minutes. Uh, then we'll progress into some offensive shooting drills. Um, some team offense for that. The offense will last about another 30 minutes to 35 minutes. And then at the end, we'll do some uh, four on four transition where we're focusing on the defense. And then at the end, we'll do some scrimmage. So it ends up being 30 defense, about 30 offense, and then another to 30 defensive oriented team stuff. And as I'm te- as I'm saying, I'm like, God, do I spend enough time on offense? I I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, maybe I don't know. That's a, it was a question I, I just wanted to ask. Uh, so, uh, what do you feel? Do do what? What's the perspe- perspective of the players? Do they buy into this? They like it? Do they? Would they rather do something else? What's the feel for it? I had some really good teams in the past. And I'm not saying the teams I have aren't good now, but I they didn't know. I don't know if they necessarily knew their defensive ID because they were just super good at offense and they they could kind of get away with some defense with some defensive flaws. But as I got into it, I'm like, I really need these players to buy in and say, This is my job when I'm on defense. This is how we're gonna do it. And once that got going. I think they became a really, really good defensive oriented team and the offense just kind of came along with, with it. Um, so they know it's called pack line. I don't hide it. I just want them to know it's, it's nothing I made up guys. This is stuff that you're, you're going to follow. It's like a textbook in math class, you know, you're following it. You're, you follow along with what's going on in the textbook. So um, that's just how I developed my coaching over the past years. It just, I don't know. It kind of hit me like a brick. I'm like, we have. I have a certain offense that I run. Why can't I run a certain defense? You know, when it comes to man to man. All right. So I'm a I'm a youth coach in Montana. I'm going to pick a state. I don't know. Why? Give me three reasons I should run this. All right. So the first one is, uh, it's just teaching good defensive mechanics. We're not just sitting on the backside of a two, three zone, not even worrying about guys on the backside um, because we're, we're always wondering, okay, is, where's the ball at? Where's my guy at? So that's uh, one reason why I think it's just good defensive overall, overall defensive mechanics. And uh, two, I, I think it really puts us in a good position to box out. Uh, when we're, when we're most of the time, when we're off the ball, we're going to be in the paint. So we got to be able to find our guy, put put body on him and box out. And I feel like our rebounds have done done a pretty good job the past couple of years because we're always we should be. And I'll say it again, we should be in a good position to box our guy out. So that's another reason why I feel like we we're always in a relatively good position to uh, uh, to box out. Third, I think uh, when we're playing man to man defense, especially this one, um, it, it's you on him. It's I think it's a pride thing. When you're playing man-to-man defense and your job is to stop him and I get beat, I look like the the fool there. So 
I feel like it gives a kid something to, to hang his hat on. Like, this is my guy. I'm going to stop him or I'm going to make him give up the ball. So I feel like it's, uh, you know, like kids hang their hat on or pride themselves on how well, how well they can shoot the three or shoot a layup or whatever. Well, this just gives them something that else to be proud of. Like I can stop whoever comes my way. So I feel like that's, that's good for kids these days. No, I think it's a toughness thing too. Like, there's a little bit – I mean, we had to play more zone last year just because of the team we had and we didn't have the time with COVID and stuff. But um, there's a pro, there's a ownership, I, I agree, um, that's like – that's, you know, yes, there's help behind you, but you still got to be able to contain, you know, guard – I love that guard the yard. Like I said, I'm going to steal that. Because um, it's like – you're right. It's a, it's a yard. It's It's like if you can guard that – I always tell people the difference between a high school, a junior high player and a high school player and a high school player and a collegiate player and a collegiate player and a pro player is who you can guard. Like yeah. that's the difference. Like they can all score. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I was thinking. Like if maybe you got a kid that necessarily can't put the ball on the floor or can't shoot the ball, I'll find a spot for you to play. If you can play some defense. Right. And I think you're, I, what I think you're doing too is I think you're setting them up for success if they want to play at the next level. Like I can teach them a matchup zone or a 1 3 1 or a 3 2 or 1 2. I can do that. If they can play man, I can teach them that very quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think as a teacher and an, as, as a coach, I think you're doing I, one of the things that I think it does is you're giving them the fundamentals. People don't love that word anymore as much. But anyway, you're giving them their multiplication table so they can actually go do algebra. You are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. from the math teacher, you're giving them some of the things that they need to be able to go on. Now, whether they go on or not, I don't know. But it's like, I think that's one of the things, that's one of the things I like about the pack line. I think it really does a good job of. Um, all right. So any any parting I'm going to, we were going to, I was going to have, I was going to show his video and have him go through some stuff, but I think we've touched on all the points I wanted to touch on any parting points on the pack line. Other than I live in Wisconsin, the Mecca for the pack line with Ben yeah. and Bo Ryan, yeah. the Bennett's and Bo Ryan. So uh, you don't have to convince me that it's a great defense. Um, I sometimes don't run it just because everyone runs it in Wisconsin. Um, that's part of my theory. But uh, any parting words for for a youth coach or a coach that's thinking of it? Any parting words? Um, any frustrations? Any any obstacles that you came in when you started doing it? Uh, no obstacles because I we didn't have anything to like force their brains away from. Right, so, right. You weren't a you weren't a three two school or you weren't playing yeah. two three zones, and then all of a sudden you came in and said so that helped. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, the, uh, just, it just gave my players something to hang their hat on, just something to focus on defensively. Uh, and what they knew that there's just a couple of rules to it, you know, guard the yard, be in the gap, be in the help, just really simple things to follow defensively. That way they have something to know when they, right. when they're playing. No, I mean, I, I don't think, I don't care what you are. You, 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 if there's a reason the cliche is defense wins championships, you basically got to give them something to hang their hat on because they all want to hoop. They all, they've all watched the YouTube videos. I agree. Yeah. You know, the N1 videos, you know. Um, but I, I think that's great. All right. Thanks, coach. I appreciate it. And that was uh, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.